Frank. Frank in distress. Frank in distress. <laughs> Frank. Frank. All right. I, I, I'm so emotional about this episode. I just, I, I don't know what to do. How emotional are you? Are you t- on the levels of Topol to Hoshi? Where are you sitting right now? His vow of stoicism is on record, Captain. <laughs> Human emotion is admirable for this episode. Anyway, welcome to Star Trek Trek Trek, our ongoing uh, review of Star Trek episodes, and we are catching up with Enterprise's second episode, Fight or Flight, which features uh, Topol having a crisis, Archer not really knowing what he's doing, and a body of uh, a body, a ship full of Capri Sun bodies, as I've been told that's how it's supposed to be said. <laughs> Still not correct, but No, okay. Continue. Capri Sun? <laughs> anyway, distress. Distress. Ship. Coopity Sun. In distress. Uh, okay, where do we start with this episode? How about, let's say that this was written by Brandon Braga and Rick Berman. So this isn't even uh, external writing. that explains the low bar quality. Yes. <laughs> this is... Um, Many kodos, save us. Yeah. Please, <laughs> God. Couple of saves. But, however... There is a silver lining to this episode. This was directed by Alan Croker, who, if you don't know the name, he directed such great episodes, and I genuinely mean this, great episodes like Sacrifice of the Angels, Call to Arms, What You Leave Behind, The Year of Hell, uh, Bride of Chaotica, and Endgame, and loads of other ones. He's got a good credentials behind him. What he had to do to look at this script, and Rick Berman had to convince him God knows what, but uh, there is there is. I need you to shoot the death of this slug like it's, you know, by several Janeway dying in the Borg Queen's assimilation (laughs) chamber. I need the exact same level of drama and pathos. And he said, buddy, I don't care. Why would the audience care? So where do you want to start with this one? Like, this is... At the end. This is like, this is the Hoshi episode, this is also the Archer episode, but it starts with Archer on all four, well, it starts with Hoshi in the slug, but it essentially also starts with... <laughs> Thanks, Frank. It also starts with Archer This is a all... good episode, screw you guys, that's all I have to say. <laughs> on all fours in front of T'Pol, and Hoshi walks in and goes, Hey, is, am I interrupting something? Oi, you know. Um... <sighs> Where can we start with this? This is this was kind of an episode where not a lot happens in about forty minutes. <laughs> okay, so this uh. is this is the um, one of the episodes that taps into Enterprise as a series their potential. Kind, this is okay. Stay with me here. This is like the Year of Hell version of of Voyager, where you see what could happen if they were actually stranded, if they didn't actually refill their torpedoes every week and their shuttlecraft every week. You know, this was, um, it's classic exploration at the beginning of it. At the end of it, the other piece of bread and the sandwiches, they don't actually win on their own. They need help doing it. Like they don't just reroute power and then win the fight one-on-one and then sprinkled in between. It's them getting their footing on Okay, what are first contact procedures? Because they were allowed to leave space dock without them. And so they're bumbling their way through. And, of course, it's not elegant, but it is a look at, well, what if humans actually achieved warp drive but then had to figure out the rest on, on route? So I do like the the early season potential of... And it's it's also the 90s sitcom problem of 
they had no cell phones, aka transporter. They can't just beam out of there. They still got to figure out how to get there with little time in between, and that adds an element of danger with the ship coming. They have to get back to the the shuttle pod and all that stuff. So uh, there is a little. It, it is a little Sunday morning cartoonish where it's like Archer's too much of a good boy. <laughs> I think just going to end up with well. too much. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> he kind yeah, of yeah. is this episode. Um, I go on, keep moaning about how bad it is. No, no, I will. Fact, it was. Fact, I have here actually uh, television critic Bobby Bryant, who was writing for a publication known as Night Ritter, not Night Rider. It's a portmanteau mm. of Knight and Ritter, two owners of the thing. Uh, said that this was among the four best episodes of season one. Uh, this no. article was written after uh, episode four. No. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> about to come up with like, Man, no, there's line. the Andorian incident. They're shocked now. Okay. <laughs> um, so, go on. you know what? These are the episodes of Enterprise that make me scratch my head, right? Because the Vulcans land in Montana in 2063, right? And. It's going to take a while for Earth to get off its, uh, you know, it, it got fucking blown on its ass. World War Three was real, real rough. Uh, lots of people dead. Massive ecological devastation. So let's give them, let's say, like 40 years to get back onto an even keel, right? And then you've got like another 50 years before Enterprise takes place, right? And in that time, you're being shepherded by the Vulcans, who are a you know a long-standing exploration race. They've been exploring since at least the 1940s, in terms of like the actual timeline, probably long before that. And in all of that time, they didn't come up with the idea of we should probably bring an engineer or a doctor on a uh, away team when we aren't getting responses from people whose communications array may be down or whose crew may be dead. We'll bring a security officer and a translator. Okay, that's half an away team. Half of it. Um, and in the face of, like, this ghoulish scenario, which I think is one of the few things I actually like about the set list, it is a... This is one of those things I love in video games, is when you come into a, a, a building, you load in, and then it's just this fucked up scenario, and you're like, what the hell did I just walk into? I don't want to be around this scenario. I don't want to know what led up to this. I don't want to know what the last five minutes of these people's lives were like. And then in a video game, you pick up like an audio log, and it would explain it, and you'd be like, ooh, boy. Also, all you have is the circle of the flashlight, which adds to the suspense. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's like... The, the the responses that they have to this make me feel like what were you guys learning in Starfleet? You didn't learn to tap into a computer system and read the logs. Like I think this, this is, is the kind of thing yeah. that if I if I was in charge of Starfleet training back at the inception of the organization, I'd be like, hey guys, if you ever find yourself on a derelict spacecraft and you have no idea what happened, maybe check the computers. 
I think the intention. Maybe run a scan. Yeah, I I think the intention here is to sort of show that like, oh, we're all just learning along the way. But I think most people that actually live in the real world know that most organisations have like a billion protocols, like how how to deal with hypothetical situations. And like, yeah, if you know, you look at NASA and you look at the the military, like they have like a ton of training for things like this, and they kind of like, it does feel like this is more like an. Uh, a, a group of like ragtag wannabes who want to go out and pretend to be Starfleet, um, aka like Prodigy, rather than like, oh yeah, this is our, this is humanity's best going out there. It doesn't like I get what you like saying the the, the tensions there, the, the the atmospheres there, it's like there, but unfortunately the competence isn't. Yeah, because it's like if I think about because the cool thing about Enterprise and like the the actual cool concept of, of the prequel is that what is the in between state going from astronaut to actual TOS Starfleet officer? Because that's a big gap, right? You mm. go from we need EV suits, we need like all these like various you know it's dangerous to live in space. We can't even have grav plating. We don't have that kind of technology to. TOS, which is basically space age shit, right? It's fucking beautiful. You can, all you need is just your phaser, your tricording is set. Um, but I look at the way that Archer and Co. handle themselves on that ship, and I think modern day astronauts who are usually like doctors and Air Force colonels and you know, trained individuals would have more reasonable, smart responses to this, where they would think about. Yeah. Hey, what should I do in this situation? Instead of we're going to go onto that ship, have a look around, and then leave. And Depol is actually right to call them out on like you know, the complete, you know, all, all, off the cuff. We're just going to do things by impulse thing. But she doesn't point out that if you're going to do this, at least do it right. I feel like Depol would have been like, you didn't think to check the computers. You know, maybe check and see if they had a phone number written down on the back of someone's console. Call, call mom every now and then. T'Pol was essentially you know, sitting just... in the background waiting for Crichton to enable smug mode. You know, she just basically <laughs> like, I'm waiting to say I told you so, but she never does it. She sort of, she has a little bit of class this episode, T'Pol. She has a, she restrains back. herself, which yeah. I appreciate for her. But it's like, I there is the glimmer of a good episode in here about about your first contact being not what you wanted and what not what you expected. Hmm. Um, but it's just kind of underplayed and mishmashed with like it just makes me ask questions that I shouldn't be asking in the second episode. By by the equivalent point in say Voyager or DS9, we're already starting to drill down into character specifics about why Kira was a part of the Bajoran resistance or um what drove you know, Belana Torres to be part of the Marquis and what's her temperament like. Here I'm presented with Hoshi's character arc, which is that she is kind of a scaredy cat, which, guess what, it's a scary situation, because she gets a pass on that. But instead of leaving this with an idea of, man, Hoshi's so smart and so strong and so capable, I'm like, why are you even in Starfleet? You don't seem to enjoy it. You don't seem to have any verve for the unknown. You seem, like, what do you enjoy about this process? We are even robbed of, like... A cool scene where she gets to talk about talking to an alien species like in a really high stress environment and coming through the other side. That's that's a big moment for her. We got uh, to take another comparison point. Strange New Worlds is episode two, Children of the Comet. You get to see Uhura kind of revel in what she managed to pull the rabbit out of the hat and come out on top. Yeah. But here, Hoshi, she does it, and then it's like, well, now the episode's done. Like I feel like. 
there should have been another five minutes of wrap up to really delve into hey, guess what? This is what Hoshi actually enjoys about being in Starfleet is, yeah, it's terrifying. It's a high-stakes, yeah. high-pressure environment, but I came through the other side and I am a stronger, better person for it. But Enterprise isn't really interested in talking about Hoshi as a character. This is like one of maybe four episodes I think she gets to focus on, and I think at least half of them are basically this same concept done again. It's like, no, I want more in-depth character development, but I'm asking for a lot when it's the Jonathan so, they do cover part of that in the episode previous. She didn't mm. really want to join, but she was sucked in because she uh, was interested, titillated by the languages, and so mm -hmm. she it was kind of against her will. And so, it being the literal episode before, I that that's fine for me. Frank, you've said one word so far. Mm, one too many for this episode. No. Uh... <laughs> You know, I agree because it. In in hindsight, we can look at Strange New Worlds and say, "Well, see, they got it right. They took this formula and they they improved upon bits and pieces of it." Because you you think about it, Starfleet's first big deep space mission. We're launching the NX01. Here we go. The mm -hmm. best of the best is going to be on it. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody should have at that point put on EV suits and gone through training and known, yes, you're going to put a pistol right here on your hip and you're going to need it mm. in a situation where you're beaming over and not sit there and question it and have your captain put it on you and go, uh, but yeah, before we go, about my quarters, um, <laughs> I, I don't like the, the view, and there's this draft and the noise on the floor, it's weird, and there's dog pee <laughs> for some reason, you know? Like, it's not that they were trying to set up Hoshi as a character that you weren't going to like. She was supposed mm. to be the naive, young freshman with all these the more established. The everyman yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I think they, they tweaked that a little too hard in some places. And Linda Park even said, hey, look at my journey from start to end of Hoshi. This is the floor. This mm -hmm. is where she started, and then she progressed. And there are parts of it, I agree, that you certainly take yourself out of it and go, mm, but should they really be doing that? But uh, they, you know, for uh, a graduation episode from the pilot, when you take TNG in the entire first season, basically, yeah. and to your point, Idol, when you look at, Voyager, or you look at DS9, or, or even U Stars, the you look at these other areas where we need to start looking at the other characters and find their footing, find their motivation, find their voice. This one does try to do that for you with several little moments with little people, uh, and you do get to see a lot of the ship, which we talked about during the viewing that we love mm. because it's got that submarine feel where it's yeah, real. Really like it's that. not a, it's not a set. It's not a, a fake. I'm not watching a TV show. These guys are actually like on a futuristic sub, very and it's physical loading of torpedoes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I really like that. Red October, I think, that, was that, mentioned that, when we that, watched along. That kind of stuff is sexy mm. because we never, in the age of CG and where everything else is done with you know, green screens, practical effects for the most part are a rarity. And it's so refreshing to see a full set of practical effects, even if it's not used a lot, just to be able to see the real tactical room and the real torpedo bays. That's good stuff. Hmm. Hmm. I have to think about the episode Obsession from TOS, where good they get mauled to death, multiple deaths from a fucking cloud because they stare at it for 25 seconds 
as it slowly lists its way across the planet and then absorbs them. And, you know, you watch it like the first time you're like, you're either rolling your eyes or you're yelling at the screen. You're like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You, you point your phaser and you press the button. That's all you got to do. And so they're trying to show an enterprise, okay, well, what if they didn't have any of the training? What if we pull back? They're going to have to struggle. This is the first baby steps into space. It's hard to show that progression without sometimes being like, okay, they're going to do some really dumb stuff. And maybe that, maybe the audience won't buy it, but we have to show them struggling. Like, how can you pull back from stupid moments in other episodes of Star Trek without going all the way off the deep end? So it is sort of a balancing act. And yeah, they, they should be more professional. They should have certain things handled. But I think that's the premise of early enterprises. They don't have that stuff handled, and we have to see how they flounder. All right. Before we, Actually, uh, I, I don't disagree on, with that. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that assessment. I just feel like there should be a higher baseline. Like that's what I mm. kind of feel is that like I shouldn't be looking at it and thinking I would literally. And I'm not a, a trained astronaut. I am. I I work in retail, but I would at least think to tap on a few computers. You have it's, more it's training. Kind of a... You have more preparation for your retail job than Hoshi did for being a Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also a case of I, I. It's very easy for me as an audience member to say that, and you're taking into emotional states some of that. That is a different <laughs> scenario, but it's just a case of like this is an issue that crops up a lot in enterprises that they want to pull on the we're an experienced card and that's a good card to play in the prequel because it's your big differentiator but i feel like they overplay it to a degree some of them think that it's i also think it's just our blind spots because i have the same criticisms about discovery and you guys Mm. will defend it and then you know when the script is flipped because i like what they're doing with enterprise and i want to defend it too so i think it's just a little (laughs) bit of our own biases we're all human after all uh how about like let's 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 move on to best Spock would find that racist (laughs) (laughs) huh would he he's half human after all that's what he says Uh, in uh oh that's true yes 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 that's true uh okay how about let's go for our best and worst moments i'm gonna start with our new guy to the audience uh frank go for your let's do worst moments first frank what was your worst moment of this episode god uh, I know it was metaphorical, and I know it was supposed to be introspective about our character, but anything to do with the fucking slug, man. I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, but uh, do I have to go with the slug? Some <laughs> of the ri- some of the writing, the dialogue writing, was still not there yet. Hmm. And it was it was kind of apparent because you just you want to do mystery science theater three thousand with it, um, but I it's mean very easy to do. it is. But and I'm I'm being nice to it because it is the second real episode of a new series that's tackling a new era of Trek that up until then had never been thought of, done, what have you. Uh, so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and I will say the introduction music, the credits, the opening <laughs> credits are horrendous. I mean, that's a and cheat. You, have to you can say that every for four week. More years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Otto, worst moment. Archer uh, during lunchtime. Now that is a that is a level of unprofessionalism mm. that it's like 
I think Shatner would have handled it perfectly because mm, yeah. you know Actually, Shatner yeah. in big, bombastic, boisterous moments. But when something's eating at him, he does re- he does understated really well, which he never gets credit for unless Shy Porn is playing him. So uh, he basically Archer was up to a nine with his level of agitation and dysfunction, and he should have played it at more as a four where your underlings can see that it upsets you enough to where you have to turn around, but not so that you're the most irrational, raving madman in the room. So I thought that was, I don't know if out of character, because people love Pylon on Archer, but it was too too much. He had to dial that back, I think. It's awesome. Oh, God, all the good ones have been taken. Um, (laughs) I would have to say um, the... 70s sitcom feel of the scene where he's like scrabbling around on the floor to find what's making a squeak in his quarters i was like do we really have to waste time on it doesn't even come back it doesn't even come back in the rest of the episode with a resolution as to what it was i think it does when they get the the shit fixed and it goes oh they finally got rid of the squeak or something like that but yeah in context of this episode yeah what an incredible brick (laughs) yeah yeah it's the squeak in my chair Archer. But it's just like oh, I, a lot of the time you're you're meant to be like siding with uh, Archer and being like, man, I'm so excited. Like I, I am I wanna go and see strange new worlds and see loads of new aliens and like shake their hand and be with, with us exchange stories and you know maybe touch each other's butts a little bit. Um But so often I'm like why would anyone want to interact with you? You're such a fucking dweeb. You can't act professionally in front of anyone. Your Vulcan first officer is embarrassed to be around you. Like, we're meant to be having a briefing about what the ship's going to be doing for the next fucking month, and you're like, oh, the squeak in my quarters. Like, just, by all means, keep on doing it, but have the conversation and stop acting like such a weirdo. Just get tired of it. Um, best scene, I would probably have to say. Idol, what's your worst moment? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the best. We'll get the best. Um, oh, okay, we're doing this staggered. Fair enough. Yeah. That's fine. No, no, yeah, we'll do staggered. Uh, listen, like, I'm all for scenes where people prove their worth in tough situations, but I think they did yeah. Hoshi dirty in this in this whole whole episode. Like she is an accomplished translator. They need to show how good she is. And I get that, you know, people are uh, get flustered in panic situation, but I think she had the moment they had a moment for her to have the genius moment and come out and say, I know all this language. I've I finally worked it. And instead she kind of half half sort of bumbled away through the conversation which didn't have enough context coming back for us to feel like it was her hero's journey like we wanted her hero's journey she she had the fall where she went on to the ship and saw the dead bodies and had like a little anxiety attack about it and i get that that's a, a good angle to take but i don't think it was executed well enough to make hoshi seem like she was competent at her job it seemed like she kind of just made it as opposed to sort of like we said before uhura in children of the comet where she came out shining in glory you know it was very much different and yeah. i think they could have made Hoshi better than she was, more than the sum of her parts like it was, she needed more on that definitely Um, there should have been a little coda at the end of the thing where like you get to see her talking with the captain in like fluent thing absolutely, yeah he compliments her and says hey well done on doing that like you know, or maybe he empathises with her it's like a moment of actual alien connection yeah 
in they Star made it Trek too much about Archer. This was the viewpoint yeah. of Archer. Hoshi, Archer's viewpoint of Hoshi was in this episode more than actual Hoshi's development, which was such a shame, really. It's more like Archer going like, just get it done, do it. You know, with Jellico, very get it done. You know, I want this yeah. report in by the morning as but opposed to the commanding presence of Jellico. Exactly. Okay, how about let's go best moment and Slim Pickens, but Frank, you're up first. I don't want to steal anybody's. Hey, you're up first. Uh, That's what you get to do. Choice. I'll okay, I've got an... multiple lined up. This is a great episode. <laughs> I, I will say uh, anything involving John Billingsley. He absolutely chews the scenery up. <laughs> he shows you what you're in store for for years to come mm. with his wit and his delivery. And just that he's alien, but not all the way alien. There's a little glimpse of human and a little glimpse of smartass and a little glimpse of Vulcan and everything else. Uh, but he's he's a highlight. Absolutely. Anytime he's on screen, he's like, okay, cool. I'll pay attention. Hoshi, oh. <laughs> Auto. All right, I'm going to use two here. Really make you guys work for it later on. Uh easy at the beginning i think even frank mentioned it when we were watching that the the torpedo testing it's mm, that's pretty good now that is a very that is an easy early season enterprise we're struggling you know blah 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 without all the incompetence that's obviously something that would happen on a ship when they're recalibrating something new so it's just nice to to, to have a little hint of struggle without like oh yeah we'll just power up these phaser banks that we've had working for hundreds of years and then go blow away the inferior alien that was actually like one of those instances where it's like yeah that's the level of unpreparedness i want where it's like this is a big problem mm. we're unprepared but we try and and you can see reed is trying yeah he's he remarks doing he says solutions he's making progress yeah. this is not something i'm prepared for we don't have the materials but yeah. I'm working on it, and he gets it. It's like that. He has a more satisfying resolution to his shit than fucking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking um, sorry, um, Hoshi does, brother. And the second one is, I think I mentioned earlier at the end, where they don't solve it by themselves. Like if they would have thrown their little plinko chips at that ship all day, they never would have destroyed it, and they needed help. And so the resolution of the episode wasn't that they just rerouted power; it was that they had to use human ingenuity and. Hmm. And and bravery to get someone else to help them, and humility as well. Yeah, hmm. stars. I would have to say, since uh, our torpedo scenes when we've been taken, <laughs> I would actually say the full revelation of just what's gone on with the alien shit and how fucked up and weird it is. Because that's what you kind of you, you want a bit of genuine alienness, a bit of I don't know what I'm looking at in Star Trek every now and then because it's like it tickles the brain and you think man that's actually truly alien and it's a, it, it sparks the thing of someone thought about this someone thought about the human perspective and how best to shock it and how best to appeal to what we find interesting and horrific and intra and like you know, what makes us want to dig in deeper and seeing a load of like corpses strung up and being drained of their chemicals into a big tube and almost like a, a spider leaving like a fly in a web so that it can come back and eat it later type thing like that's a very cool like when star trek wants to do horror it can do it very very well especially like cosmic horror and odd species that do things in weird ways like we didn't even see um the aliens that had done this. We only saw the friendly species that held them at the end, which I appreciate. That's a cool little detail, but I think that was a genuinely well-executed part of the part of the episode. Mm. Um, since you guys have stolen every single point I was probably going to make, um, 
I will go for actually Topol was a rock star this episode. Like she wasn't her mm. condescending self, even when Archer was on all fours and fucking up. She was still kind of a little bit of the voice of reason, even when at the dinner table she's like, "Right, we need to distract this madman and talk about." Oh, we're still a nursery. What that about was really this? Really nice of her. Actually, yeah, yeah. She was actually quite baseline. complimentary. She was like not being the kind of like Vulcan. Um, dip, the Vulcan kind of dickheadness here when you know she kind of could have taken the upper hand she said she was just like I know what's going on I know what's happening here you guys need to work out for yourselves but you know let's just, let's just get on with it so you know this was a good to poll moment to show her Vulcan superiority without Vulcan arrogance I think mm. definitely yeah, okay, stars. We need your final rating. Go on. What is the All rating right, for this episode? I need to know how many alien triglobulin Capri Suns out of ten you would give this episode. Frank, I would enjoy poking the straw through and sucking dry six. Ooh. Point one alien <laughs> trigobulin Capri Sun strawberry kiwi pouches out of ten. <laughs> that was kiwi. Fantastic. Auto. I will give it a seven point nine alien trigobulin Capri Sun pouches out of ten. I well, so my baseline metric is always, do I enjoy watching it? And I do enjoy watching this episode. I think there's a lot of good stuff, which I've already gone over. The two big things that hang over it is, yeah, at some point you're like, all right, Hoshi, shut the hell up. You're getting paid to do this job, even though money doesn't exist. Be a little bit professional. And then the second part is it does feel a little bit Sunday morning cartoonish, where it's like, I don't know, too wholesome-like at times. I'm not sure exactly. It all wraps like up a little bit too neatly, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah, so... Alright, stars. I would give this four alien triglobulin mm. Capri Suns out of ten. Um four point zero? No. Uh, four point zero, yes, exactly. Four point okay. zero. Four point zero 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 one. No, that's not my real rating. I don't wanna completely throw off the ratings. Um if we're taking five as like a baseline of I I have, you know, no strong feelings this way or the other and six <laughs> is a good I, I didn't remember this episode coming in. I'm not going to remember this episode in a week. Um, I was scraping to find things that I enjoyed. There was occasional glimmers of interesting dialogue and cool concepts. And uh, yeah, this feels like something that should be in an early enterprising. But I wasn't like glued to the screen thinking, man, I really want to know what happens next. It's like... I think of how I react in Discovery or Voyager or DS9 or TNG, where it's like, I really am paying attention to what these characters are talking about because it's interesting. It's about the human condition. It's like, this is like scintillating stuff. Here I'm like, yeah, that sure is some stuff that's happening. It is happening. I'm here watching it. It will be over in 45 minutes or less. Listen, we've got a lot more Enterprise episodes to go. I feel like this is going to be your end of a lot of them. This was an episode, it suddenly happened. Carbon Creek can't come soon enough. Alright, personally, I... I think Autos talked me up to a 5.5. I was a 5. I'm going to give him half a point there. I think I'm up to a 5.5. I... I think there was some some good stuff here, but there was a lot of just like, oh yeah, this 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 happened. There it is. But <clears throat> overall, we have all given this an average of five point nine, 
which you know that sits at the lower end you know i think we did uh we did a pass pro it said it, it, it does better than pass no sorry parallax last week which did a 5.6 so i think if, i think we have a hard time utilizing the entire spectrum usually we kind of stick between like the four and nine range <laughs> where like we sometimes we forget just how bad episodes can be i don't think anyone has ever given oh, we a will. 10. we did for There'll some stranger worlds episodes but yeah there'll be some 10 so we're gonna get some tng but um thank you everyone for joining us uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks for tos's charlie x if you want to watch oh god <laughs> easy <to laughs> that That'll get the turn. Oh, there you go. We'll be back for Charlie X in a couple of weeks' time. However, if X you want... X means 10. Yeah, if you want to check out... Just X like means, Nemesis. Uh, zero. X means unmarked. God X damn it, let me promote this channel, damn it. Take it back do it again. <laughs> if you want to check out more stuff, please go to our new website, trektai.me go there and you can see all the links to our twitter to our youtube to our twitch channel so that's t-r-e-k-t-i.me there you go i spelled it out for you put that in any browser get links to everything you need to get to our twitch to our youtube to everything come watch us live come join our discord all that palaver but for now uh we will see you next time ta-ra You guys off. <laughs> oh, who wants to watch Charlie X then? No, I'm not doing that tonight.